This is the Come Follow Me podcast with Jaron Bunny. Each week, I'll get with a group of church members from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Los Angeles area to discuss the Come Follow Me manual. Do you love God? Does that motivate you to want to give back to Him? We get to hear from so many different witnesses every single week. Their interpretations, feelings, and insights to help you study. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Come Follow Me Podcast. This week, I got to talk to Ella and Jenna about giving and service, and it was great. So let's get started. All right, here we go. So welcome back to another episode of Come Follow Me. Uh, Today, we are in 2 Corinthians 8 through 13, God loveth a cheerful giver. Who do I have with me today? Hello. <laughs> um, I'm Jenna Rasmussen. I'm Ella Briggs. And how do you guys know each other? Ella and I met um, on study abroad in Jerusalem, actually. No way. Three years ago? Yeah, oh that's weird. Gosh. And we were roommates for two years after that. Yeah. So. Oh, you were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, like BYU or mm-hmm. here? At BYU. Oh, at BYU. Yeah. yeah. How fun. What do you guys do out here in L.A.? I work in animation. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, Dreamworks Animation. So, yeah, I just started a few months ago. It's great. Oh. Yeah. Everyone goes see Trolls too. <laughs> did you do the animation for that of, one? No, I work in production. Oh, okay. So I'm not an artist, but it comes out in April. It's going to so. be great. It'll be so fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We love it. Um, I want to work in animation development, which is like okay. pre-production, um, a little bit different. But I'm just working job searching right now. So, oh, really? Yeah. That's it's always really fun. fun. <laughs> That's like it's a really full-time fun. job. It is a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> rough. It yeah. is rough, but it's good. So I've just got some side hustles, but other than that, yeah. Great. Well, let's get started. So I always ask, um, what was your overall feelings about this um, lesson? I, I mean, I said this right before we started, but I felt like there was a lot to unpack here, like other than just the basic like topics that were listed in the study guide. Um, I like was deep diving all over the place. Like really? Yeah. It was really cool. I mean, I have been slacking on come follow me since like probably post acts. Um, actually Mm -hmm. just, I don't, I just am having a hard time connecting with like not the story based. Yeah. It is different now. And so, and so for me, like I knew I was going to be coming here. So I wanted to be prepared and it was good because I was able to like get past just the surface level, like story and what was going on. And maybe it was like handed to me on a silver platter and I had to like go through, okay, what's this topic? Like, what can I pull from other experiences or other things I've read read before? Um, And uh, it was awesome. Like it was a good lesson. And now I'm like, Shoot, did I miss all these like really cool experiences I could have had studying <laughs> past <laughs> lessons? But it was it was really cool. I just felt like there was a lot going on and um I I had a really cool experience studying. Oh That's good. Cool. Yeah, same. I feel like it was very timely for me. I've had a lot of experiences this past week and like the past couple of weeks that have really like led to this reading. So I really enjoyed it. It was perfect timing as it usually is. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be all about charity and giving, but it doesn't. It goes into different things. Mm -hmm. So let's get started with it. So the first section does go into like um, giving and it says, what would you do if you heard that a congregation of saints in another area was struggling in poverty? This was a situation that Paul described um, to the Corinthian saints. So he was, um, he hoped to persuade the Corinthian saints to donate some of their abundance to the saints in need. But beyond a request for donations, Paul's words also contained profound truths about giving. He said, every man, according as he proposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a a cheerful giver. I like that because um, it's like according to your heart, and you're not supposed to be like upset or like, I don't know, drag your feet about it. Like you should want to give. Um... And I also love as it continues down, um, it says, in our day, there are still saints throughout the world who are in need of help. Sometimes the most 
we can do for them is to fast and donate fast offerings. In other cases, our giving could be more direct and personal. Whatever forms our sacrifices take, it's worth examining our motivations for giving. So again, that examining part. And then our sacrifices are expressions of love. Or are they not? So to me, I'm like, yeah, like it should be about love and it should be about, you know, wanting to do it for others. Um, I think that sometimes in the church, we we give like our tithing and stuff and we think that we're going to get something out of it. The blessing sometimes is like, oh, like I'm going to get my needs met, which is great. But sometimes it's like, oh, I'll get like an extra check here or like somehow I'll gain more. And I sometimes struggle with that because I'm like, that's not like the purpose of it. The purpose of it is that you'll be closer to the spirit and you'll get direction from God and that you want to do it. You want to give your tithing. I don't know. How do you guys feel? Um, I love when it says our sacrifices, expressions of love. And like you were saying, like love for um, the people around us, but also like love for God. Yeah. Like does do you love God? Does that motivate you to want to give back to him by serving those around you? It's just like right. a continuum, this circle that just keeps on going. Um, and I think that the giver benefits more than the person who oh, has been given totally. the gift always. Like yeah. I love how like every service trip everyone had, anyone has ever gone on before is like, I thought that I would serve the people of... <laughs> Yeah. Puerto Rico, but really they taught me more about life than I could have ever done. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, I just, I've been examining that, like how many of um, like the acts that I do are really am I pushed to do because I love God. And yeah. um, that's been on my mind a lot lately. I, um, I liked the example you gave about tithing. Um, I yeah, I find that I need to kind of check myself when it comes to my motivation for paying tithing because I'm a strong believer in the blessings that come from tithing, um, right. which I think differs a little bit from your perspective, which yeah. is totally fine. But like, I feel like my motivation for paying my tithing is because I know that I'll be taken care of in yeah. whatever capacity that yeah. looks like. But I don't think about what that money's going towards. Like, I don't think when I'm sitting in general conference and they announce a new temple like that money that money is from yeah. me even though it's like okay ten dollars like, yeah woohoo you supplied the elastic in the back yeah. you know it's it's not that <laughs> crazy um or it could go to education like you forget that yeah. like at BYU we were all on scholarship yeah yeah oh exactly and <laughs> so. it's it's crazy because um well I think it's totally cool and fine to follow commandments because you want the blessing out of it there has to be development later on, hopefully, where you're doing it out of love for God. And yeah. um, I actually looked up the um, Bible. I love the Bible dictionary. I feel like that's yeah. such a hidden gem that people it don't is. know. Really it is. It has it's so cool. So but I looked up charity um, actually a few weeks ago because um, I was in the temple and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to read while I was in the session. I've done that before. Yeah. Where I just look at the Bible. I just look at it. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And I was struck by the definition of charity. It says that um, charity is the highest, noblest, strongest kind of love, not um, merely affection, the pure love of Christ. It is never used to denote alms or deeds or benevolence, although it may be a prompting motive. And I think it's interesting that like the word charity is so synonymous in like the world as a whole with donating money or performing acts of service because the way that we understand charity is that that's the motivation behind those acts, but it's not the acts itself. So like you show your love for your fellow men or um, God by doing those acts, but like the charity is having the love in the first place. And so Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a really cool clarification that made me kind of check myself like, okay, why am I doing this? Right. It's not necessarily my, like, the time I took to serve at the soup kitchen, you know, whatever that is, yeah. that means that I'm being a charitable person, but that should be my motivation behind it is my love for God and love for God to serve the people around me. I think it's interesting because this, um, okay, like the gospel of Jesus Christ is so cool because it really is also about like 
keeping you healthy in ways. Like I wrote down like later on when they talk about examining your um, spiritual, I guess, health, really. I was like, oh, it's kind of like when even with like um, checking your diet to make sure you're physically healthy, right? It's like also checking to see if like how you're doing with giving. It's kind of like a checkpoint too. And the world, just like worldly, I'm reading this self-help book right now. You can find it anywhere at like any airport. Have you seen this one? Yeah. You are a bad A? Yes. I love it. Okay. So I've been reading it and it talks about giving because it makes you healthy. And I love this paragraph. I'm just going to read it. She says, I know someone who has multiple sclerosis who was told by a mentor to give away 29 things for 29 days as part of her cure. She blew it off for a while, but as her condition worsened, she finally decided to give it a try. First, she gave a phone call to a sick friend to see how she was doing, that she steadily gave away something every day, and she almost instantly found herself more joyful and excited. By the 14th day, she was significantly better physically. Her business started booming. She went on to create a blog that started a movement with tens of thousands of followers who were also giving things away daily. Her blog ultimately led to the New York Times bestselling book called 29 Gifts. Oh my gosh. So cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I also read something from um, Hank Smith, who is just like a religion teacher at BYU, but he has this Instagram that has like motivational... um, posts and thoughts and he said um that's something that can make you happy especially like if you're feeling signs of depression yeah is to use your money to help other people which it it was like that is like how it was phrased I thought that's so interesting but it's true that is one of the things that like makes me happiest like I love being able to like do that even just like in secret and then just know like oh you made a difference somewhere and sometimes that's like it's a little bit like I don't I don't know what the word is um, selfish, but because that's a difference you're able to see almost instantly. Right. You know, a lot of other things that we do take time, and those ones are also very worth it and yeah. very important. But I feel like that's the gratification of like doing something right then. You see the difference. Yeah, you right see then. the difference right then. With money being the topic. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But I like how it sometimes it doesn't always have to be money. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking about that too because. Um, I don't want to speak on your guys' behalf, but <laughs> I'm at a time in my life where money is a little hard to come by. Um, sure. We're we're fine. We're doing it. But it's it's hard to, like, put yourself in the shoes of the Corinthians where Paul is like, hey, give your money because these other saints are giving money and you guys should be, like, on their level. Like, come yeah. on, you guys, give your money. But I was thinking about it and, like, charity and – Oh my gosh, there I am, like using that word synonymously, but like serving others and ministering to them doesn't yeah. have to be monetary. Um, yeah. And it made me think of, I mean, it's one of the reference. Um, yeah. Do you want to go into that section right there? Um, yeah. It. Um, well, just at the very bottom, it says, yeah. see also Mosiah 4. And I pulled out um, verse 24 because I think it's really relevant. Um, it says, unto the poor, say in your hearts, I give not because I have not, but if I had, I would give. Um And I think that just kind of gets me on the train of thought of, okay, right now I can't be like making a charitable donation to insert charity here. But what I can do is like, oh, at work, I can do this for my coworker or at church, like minister minister or serve faithfully in my calling or, you know, whatever that looks like, those all make equally if not sometimes more of a difference. Oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. and it's cool just to think about serving in a more general sense, um, even though this section of the Corinthians is, like, monetarily based. Right. So I just – I thought that was a cool thing. I just – I think it's funny when, like – books that are like worldly books they always talk about like the universe gives it back yes you know like it's funny because i'm like it's just it's god giving you blessings i love it it though because it makes you think about how god is so generous with everyone yeah Mm -hmm. it's just truth it's one of my favorite things is actually when we were on our study abroad learning from we took classes on islam and judaism oh cool and learning about how God has been so generous with everyone. Yeah. Regardless of religion, like there is truth to be found. And I mean, prophets have said this, like there is yeah. truth to be found in every religion and God's not just going to let his children 
like get screwed over. Like they, yeah. they have access yeah. to truth. They have yeah. access to being cared for. And, and like, if it's, you know, like the, someone sitting next to you, it's yeah. like, I sent it out to the universe yeah. Yeah. and I'm hoping it manifests itself. I'm like, cool. Like you, yeah. you secretly <laughs> just prayed for yeah. that. It, it can happen. And it's just, yeah. it's cool. Cause we just have a different perspective and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I love it because it, it, it just shows how, even though everyone looks at things a little bit differently, even within the church, like yeah. everyone's like it, it, it differs from person to person. God is still merciful and kind and loving towards all of his children, regardless of right. membership status. It's so cool. And like doctrine is doctrine. Doctrine is doctrine. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I it's love cool. it. So let's go on to the second section right here. So I can cheerfully share what I have to bless a poor need. I feel like we kind of went through this already. But um, let's see. There are so many people in need all over the world. I think it's really cool that, like, when we do give to the church, like, they always are keeping track with what's going on with the members across the world, with, like, disasters and stuff. I love that. Well, they're the first responders. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's it amazing. makes me, like, emotional to, yeah. to think about it. I, It's it's so cool. To it's see so cool. Um, so then Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, rich or poor, we are to do what we can with others when others are in need, God will help you and guide you in compassionate acts of discipleship. If you are consciously wanting and praying and looking for ways to keep a commandment, he has given us again and again. And I feel like for sure there are times when um, if you just ask, like if you're like, I don't know who to serve, like if you just feel kind of lost, if you pray about it, it will just manifest. It will happen. Like, you know how I mentioned, I feel like this was very timely for me. Part of that is because, like I said at the beginning, I'm job searching right now and I have a bunch of different part-time jobs. So my schedule is really weird. Like I'll have a big gap of nothing to do and then a million things to do back to back to back, of course, you know. And my free time is always when everyone else is busy. So I'm like alone trying to, to occupy my time. And I've had so much free time. I thought, well, what am I doing to like progress? Like, how can I use this time wisely? And just in church, um, the missionaries were so nice, the sisters in this ward, and they just like have become good friends. And it made me think, I think I should start participating more in missionary work. I am at a great part of my life where I can definitely do that. I don't really have anything to hold me back at all. And so... I just because it was on my mind, you know, call it what you will, manifesting it to the universe, me praying about it. That's what I was praying. I was thinking, okay, just put some stuff in my path. I want to participate. How can I do that? And I started running to the missionaries like all over the place and having all these like random opportunities to be able to serve. But a lot of them weren't exactly what I was expecting or thinking would happen. Um, And I just, I just think it's so cool how the Lord can just multiply things to us yeah. and answer our prayers that way. Um, this random thing that happened this week was like I was going through the drive through at McDonald's getting a Diet Coke, even though I'm trying to stop drinking Diet Coke. I just can't. And um, I got myself a hash brown and I was at the second window and there was a guy like at the end holding up a sign for food. And... I thought, oh, I'm too late to get him food. I've already paid and I'm already getting my food. But it just, it just like came to my mind, you know, you've been looking for opportunities, you've been praying and and this is one. And so I thought, okay. So I drove forward and I gave him the hash brown and he was wearing a university uh, or um, Utah State sweatshirt. And he was so nice. And he was like, hi, how are you? And he said, I thought everyone had forgotten about me. And it just like brought tears to my eyes. And I said, no, we haven't forgotten about you. And he was like, well, I hope you have a really great day. I haven't eaten in a really long time. And I was like, oh, well, you're so welcome. Like, it's sorry, it's just Ash Brown. Have a good day. And just like those small like acts of giving. And I don't know when we have time and we're looking for it. And like verse 12 says, like, have a willing heart. The opportunities present themselves. Yeah, they truly do. Yeah. I love really that cool. story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. I always mean, order a hash brown. That's good. That's, that's the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Always order a hash brown. It's always worth it. It's always worth it. 
Um, all right, so let's move on to this one is interesting. False prophets seek to deceive. This is 2 Corinthians 11. Um, it might be helpful for you to understand in this chapter to know that false apostles had ar arisen among the Corinthian saints. What do you learn from verses 13 through 15 about those who teach false doctrines? What do you learn about true prophets as you read about Paul's experiences as a minister of Christ? Um, did you guys get anything, any gold nuggets from this? You did. Yes. Let's this is one of my favorite sections. Oh, um, wow. This is what I was like, Meh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and oh, let me find what verse it was. But um, I, the main principle that I pulled out of this was like, Jesus Christ promotes simplicity and Satan promotes complexity. But yeah, I, I just think, and Ella and I have actually talked in depth about this, but whenever I like get hung up on something and it just eats at me and I get yeah. unsettled and I'm so frustrated because I can't come to terms or like I can't find peace in an issue. Yeah. Um, I just always have the same guidance from the spirit and it's to like chill out back to basics, come back to Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, that's what matters. It's yeah. not this like tangent of policy or right. The like wording in the scriptures or the wording in the temple. It like that will be figured out. Like yeah. all the numbers will be figured out in heaven like what matters and what is important is that you have a base and like, I mean, the wise man built his house upon a rock, like build your life and your testimony on Jesus Christ and everything else will be worked out. And yeah. that to me, like that, it's happened so many times. I've had to learn that lesson so many times and I will have to, I'm sure learn it a million more times because it obviously can't stick, but it's, it's just cool. Like the, that if it's getting too complex, I just think to myself, like, okay, this this is Satan. He's working hard. It's supposed to feel hard. Um, but when it feels too complex or, like, we're getting lost in the nitty-gritty of fine print, um, that's Satan working through good things to mm -hmm. make them feel bad. And anyway, that's, I feel like there was the thing a quote, I think it might have been from last time, saying something about how... God is not um, an author, the author of complexity or something, oh, but of yeah. peace. What is that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like I've heard it before, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Same. it was the last one, but anyway, I look I did, back. Um, find, I was going through my old journal because I was looking for some notes on this topic. Um, and I found this quote from President Nelson from his October 2015 conference talk. It's called A Plea to My Sisters. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, it's my favorite. And um, I think one of the like hard hitting quotes from this talk is yeah. um, attacks against the church, its doctrine and our way of life are going to increase, which is cool yeah. to think about and yeah. scary, but it's fine. Um, because of this, we need women who have a bedrock understanding of the doctrine of Christ and who will use that understanding to raise a sin resistant generation. Mm. There's some other stuff in there, but jumping to the end of the quote, we need women who have the courage and vision of our mother Eve. Oof. Which love Eve, love Eve. We could do one. Man, I love her yeah. so much. Saying on Eve, but. I love how it was. Um, I want to say it's Spencer W. Kimball, nineteen sixty nine. I don't. I'm gonna have to that's look right. Back. I'm gonna be brilliant. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. <laughs> he made this quote about. Um, he kind of like made a well prophecy about how women in the last days. Um, will gather a lot of people to the church and it will be like our example. Mm -hmm. And um, when I just think about the gospel being like a full eternal round and circle, I think of women sometimes and how in the beginning there was Eve who was such a catalyst. And at the end, there will be women that will be such catalysts to bring forth the second coming. And that quote mm -hmm. just reminds me of that, of like how much we are needed in the church it's, it it's pretty empowering. Jenna, yeah. Jenna and I, like she, like she said, we've been on this topic a lot lately of just like understanding the doctrine principles and like the scriptures and having a testimony of Jesus Christ and really like that being your rock and should other things be thrown at you, which they surely will. And they are now like just leaning on that and what you do know. And so we were just, you know, in this deep conversation and we were just thinking like, 
what if one day like we couldn't go to church and we couldn't take our families to church? Do we have a firm enough understanding that we could teach our children the scriptures ourselves? If we just memory, it was like you're teaching your children <sighs> that by would memory. Be scary. <laughs> Nephi, <laughs> Nephi and his family leaving, and you're teaching your children I and you're think, quoting it. I think I would like be praying so earnestly to the Lord to give me inspiration for those stories mm-hmm. and those scriptures to just come out because I truly do believe that they could just come to me yeah. if I was put well, in like that situation. It's like 451. Like yeah. No books. When they no. burn all the books. Yeah, they burn yeah. all the books. It's like, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a crazy thing. like, yeah, well, it's a post-apocalyptic idea, but right. it's like, I don't know. I always talk about with my friends, The Hiding Place, if you've read that book. No. Oh my gosh. I'm going to buy you. I wrote, <laughs> really? Is it so my good? Favorite book. It's I my wrote favorite in book. my notes, really? Jenna quoting Quiet Place. Yeah, it'll I mean, happen. I'm bound to say at some point when talking about the gospel. It's amazing. It's basically, just a quick introduction, it's about a girl named um, Connie Ten, no, Corey Ten Boom. Okay. That's her name. Um, She lived during the Holocaust, but she was a Christian woman, and she hid Jews in her house. And um, because she was breaking the law and hiding them, she was treated as a Jew and right. sent to a concentration camp. Right. And part of that whole process was that she didn't have access to scripture. Right. And she, the whole book is about how she was like this amazing disciple of Christ and spread the gospel, even within the worst of circumstances. And she was given, like they would pat you down. They would take, make you strip naked and have no possessions in these concentration camps. But she somehow slipped past the guards, like a tiny, tiny new Testament under her really? garments, like on a, not her like temple garments, but like her clothes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tied on a string around her neck under her clothes. They just happened to not search her. So she had access to the gospels to read to the women in the, the camp every wow. night. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. If you ever need to refocus, yeah. like I'm probably, I think I'm going to start reading it once a year around Christmas because yeah. it's amazing. Um, But it just, Along those lines of, like, do you have a bedrock understanding of the gospel where if you had access to no other outside materials or people around you or, you know, like, whatever crazy scenario yeah. you're put in, are you secure enough in your knowledge and testimony of Jesus Christ to still spread the gospel and be a disciple? And yeah, it's it's so scary, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's cool, cool to, like, check on yourself to see, like, how well am I preparing myself to understand the gospel and be able to, if that circumstance did happen, that'd yeah. be, yeah. And wild. the like truth of the matter is that it usually comes like quietly and slowly yeah. that things are taken away from you yeah. by usually your own actions. Right. And it's not quite so the world has taken it from you and you have to, you know, fight for it, which like that is like an empowering, like, Yes, like I, I would, I can prepare for that. Yeah. But for some reason, the thought of like preparing to have it slowly like taken away because you're leading yourself away or like yeah. because you're just not, your own doing, you know, that's actually more of what we need to be wary about uh, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so that's like something that's like that, the battle that's happening right now. Yeah, and yeah. just staying so close to the spirit and knowing. Even so, like we were talking about certain Instagram accounts or, you know, film or something and or a book. And it's like surface level. I don't see anything super wrong with this, but there's something about it that makes me feel bad inside. I don't know what it right. is. And like, I'm going to take that as a spirit and just not like put that into my life anymore. Yeah. And just like those small things really make the biggest difference. I liked what Faith said on one of the podcast episodes. She was just like, we all need to have like a limit. Like nowadays with media and whatnot, there's like no limitations. It's everything is out there. Like rating system, who knows, right? And it's like, we need to have our own eternal, or eternal, but like our own checks and balances within yeah. ourselves. Um, and it's going to differ. From it's going to differ from person to person. It's like, for me, I have this, I don't eat apples. And for this person, they don't eat oranges. You know, it's right. like, but you, I can't sit here and say, hey, you, you guys should be doing don't this do or, this because yeah. that is different for you. And so yeah. it's, it's cool that we're all individuals and we all like can make our own decisions. And yeah. 
I don't know. That's why the last days are so hard is because it's all gray. I know. It's not black and white. Like, we're not the early saints. It's so, I do not want to discount them at all, but like their choice was clear. It was like, you are either a disciple was, of Christ yeah. or you are not. It's either you're coming with us to or Utah you're or you're staying. Exactly. Yeah. For, but now it's like, oh, uh, just like, People, Whatever. Yeah, you can, like, yeah. dip your toes into exactly. different things. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, everyone has the right and should make those choices for themselves. Yeah. But that's what makes it so difficult yeah. to live in the latter days. And, and it's cool. At the end of the day, that's why you need a prophet who is led by God Dude, to interpret totally. the scriptures. And you need your own personal revelation to read the scriptures and pray to know Full exactly here. like yeah. what it is that you need to be I doing. I love that the prophets just like, yeah, I gotta talk to all the um singles right now and we're I'm doing so this. Excited. Like, I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. I love that he's just like that. I think he's like, uh, I got some things to say. And it, it, even though it's not general conference, he could have waited till yeah. October. It's close. It's and only a couple I feel weeks like away. It, and I feel like it was like a spur of the moment thing. Like I think so too. It's like, oh, we've got to do this. And I feel inside. I, this might just totally be for me, but I'm like, I feel inside that there is something I need. Like, oh, I can for feel sure. it. I'm like, I have maybe never been so excited for like a spur of the moment. Like, like little chat. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this. Yeah, I don't know like, what he's going to say, like, what but. What could he be saying? It must be important if he couldn't wait till conference. Yeah. Yeah. And what an amazing world we live in where we can hear the prophet speak. Yes. Like, whenever yeah. we need. Yes. I just think it's so amazing. Yeah, we're not the Corinthians who have to wait months and get letters, letters and uh, have no clarification, and you don't even know what he looks like. It likes the whole thing. King yeah. Benjamin, people out in tents, yeah. sitting out. Like, there's no way you things. can actually hear him. Like, he's yeah. too far. He's so no, far. I think they had to like write it down and take him. Yeah, out, which is fun. Which is fun, but I mean, <laughs> it's a big process. I'm happy we don't have to do it. Yeah. 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 Okay, so the next section is I should examine my faithfulness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the things in here, it talks about, for example, you might ponder what you can eliminate from your life that will help you focus on Christ, or you might complete the attribute activity and preach my gospel. <laughs> did you guys check this out? No. I had, I, I did. did. I didn't do it, but I've done it before. I've okay. never done it before, but I checked it out, and it's kind of cool. It is really cool. It's just like it's um, a test. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. Yeah, you measure yourself with like I have it actually. Let me pull it up because I was just kind of like this is I've never seen this before. Do missionaries like send this? You have to do it. Oh, like as a missionary, you mm-hmm. have to do it. Like you have to check to see how you're doing. I mean, it's not like a well, it's that third Monday of the month. Everyone do it. It's oh, okay. just like a whenever you um, feel like you need to. Yeah, whenever you feel like you need to. It just is like a good guidance. Look at this. It's just like, um, let's see. This isn't it. Is this it? No, this is it. Yeah. Okay. So faith, oh, okay. like I believe in Christ. And then it has like one for never, two for sometimes, three for often, four for almost always, five for always. And it's just like different questions are like, I know by the power of the Holy Ghost that the Book of Mormon is true. That's one of the questions. And they're all different sections like charity and love. I try to help others when they're struggling or discouraged. Like, they're just very... There's how many... 57 questions. Yeah. It just shows you, like, what attributes of Christ you could work on more, which... Yeah. But, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling with hope right now. Like, hope is what I've got to work on, you know, and it's it's a good check. Yeah. I just thought that was wild. I had never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I didn't even look at it, so good job. (laughs) Done it in years. I saw it and I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on that part? We can move on to because we kind of just talked about it in ways. Um, what is the third heaven and who was the man who was caught up to it? This is really just, I feel like, an insight. Sometimes they do yeah, there this. Were no questions. Yeah. yeah, there's no questions. It's just like, hey, did you see this? I bet you you didn't. Here you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Here's like an added information. Yeah. So in these verses, Paul was talking about himself without mentioning himself directly, perhaps to avoid boasting about his remarkable vision, which I love. Um, the but first, then he says like me and oh, did, my. Okay, yeah. and like, You're like, not fooling anyone, Paul. <laughs> the phrase the third heaven refers to the celestial kingdom. The cool thing about Paul is that he talks about the kingdoms of heaven and that I want to say first Corinthians, maybe chapter 10. Don't quote me on that. But like, it's kind of cool that 
I always thought that it wasn't in the New Testament. That was the DNC or Book of Mormon. It's like Joseph Smith is being retaught what what's been taught, taught in the know. New Testament. Yeah, which I it, I just think it's wild. Yeah, it's also crazy because I hadn't thought about this before until now. But um, and I talk about it all the time weirdly. But I read Dante's Inferno for my class. <laughs> okay, <in the> she's <laughs> laughing at me because I talk about it all the time. She does. <laughs> But it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but basically when it was written, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like there's going to be like some history buff out there. Being- there's only like a thousand people that listen to this. Oh, like, well, yeah, there's got to be one. There's one. <laughs> um, but basically it's Dante, who's this writer, um, gets taken through like hell and then purgatory and then hell. Yeah. And it's crazy because like three is a celestial number. And yeah. for them, like the third heaven is heaven, you know? Yeah. But for us, like, we understand it differently. And and so it's crazy to think about, like, the apostasy and the restoration and how we have received clarity on what was previously interpreted differently. And, right. you know, I, I don't know, like, that, because Dante's Inferno, that depiction of heaven and hell was canonized for a long time Yeah. Um, within the Catholic Church. And so it's just, it's just cool that like modern revelation ties so neatly back to these ancient texts because yeah i i mean even down to the fact that we believe that christ the holy ghost and heavenly father are different beings like different beings it it's there but it was read in a different way and we understand that like the apostasy was necessary for the restoration to take place right that's all it's all okay but it's just crazy that modern revelation helps us make sense of what was previously understood differently yeah and, and why we need a prophet yeah and yeah and right. that it's cool that we get new texts and understandings and I don't yeah know, i just it's pretty cool next section the savior's grace is sufficient to help me find strength in my weakness so this has you know a lot to do with the whole strengths becoming weaknesses um I really liked verse 10. Does anyone have it? Yeah. By chance of um, 2 Corinthians 12. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I read from this like. Yeah. What is this? You got this nifty book. It's amazing. Tell the the listeners. Okay. So my parents gave this to all of my siblings or my grandpa gave this to all of my siblings yeah. um, for Christmas. He always gives us a book for Christmas because um, he has like a million grandchildren. But um, it's basically, um, there's two parts, the first part and the second part of the New Testament. It's called The New Testament Made Easier by um, David J. Bridges. And it goes through and it lists everything that's in the Bible. And he has this for other books of scripture as well. But for the New Testament, it goes through and he has all of the texts and the words that are in the scriptures that we read from yeah but when something doesn't even make the tiniest amount of sense yeah he will like go through and put like another word for what this means so oh nice um or add like the joe smith translation translation or just an outside explanation of like the culture or you know so sometimes it'll go on for a long time and he'll expand on a topic but um sometimes it's just helping make sense of the verse. So I guess I could read that. If, yeah. Okay. So, I also have it. Um, let's hear verse 10. Let's hear the original. And then and I want to know what. The, yeah. Okay. Cool. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Yeah. And so then this um, has all the same words, but it adds in brackets alternate words that help you understand it more. So it says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches or insults, in necessities or hardships, in persecutions, in distresses or difficulties for Christ's sake, um, or because of my commitment to Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong, or then I become strong. And then it says, compare it with either 1227. Yeah. So it it adds just like Mm -hmm. another way, which sometimes it's so hard to understand what something even just means, which is cool because... Because then you can interpret it and interpret it differently, and it's cool that we use, like, the base text. But um, I remember we had a 
a religion teacher when we were on study abroad who yeah. sometimes would have us read from the new international version of the Bible. Oh. Um, because sometimes the Old Testament is just like whack and no one knows what it's <laughs> Old saying. Testament? Yes. Yeah. It's so wacky. It is wacky. Sometimes you're just like, what's going on? Um, but it's, I don't know, it's helpful for me to like, just, it's more of the break it down for kids version. <laughs> I just tend to learn, I tend to learn better from that. So. No, I love it. Anyway, big tangent. No, but I honestly, I love that because it's an insight of just like, what was that part about Christ that said, um, it says for Christ's sake. Um, and then it says, because of my commitment, my Christ. commitment to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I love that. I love I'm doing that. this for yeah. Christ because I'm committed, committed to, to him. him. Yeah. And it's like, I want my weaknesses to become strengths because I want to be like him mm-hmm. and I want his attributes. Yeah. I think that there's a parallel, um, with actually what we read earlier in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Yeah. It says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not talking about, like, riches right. and gold. Right. Like, you know. It could be. And <laughs> it could be. Um, but it just made me think about... Um, the condescension of Christ yeah. and in um, the Book of Mormon when, who is it that he's like, I don't understand all things, but I understand that Christ oh, loves me. Isn't it Nephi? Is it Nephi? Where he sees, he has the vision. Yes. And it talks about how he sees all this stuff from the birth of Christ. Oh, to the, the end of the And he's like, I don't know anything of what just happened, but I understand that God loves his children. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so what, so the question that spurred that is the angel says, do you understand the condescension of Christ? Yeah. And he says, I know that Christ loves his children. And I looked up, you know, condescension has a bad connotation now. Like someone who's condescending is right. talking down to you. But the actual like Latin meaning is someone who willingly leaves their their high post oh. and to go down to someone who is inferior, who willingly does so. And yep. so like the condescension of Jesus Christ is that he chose to come to earth as a baby. Yeah. And to, in the meekest of ways. In the meekest of ways and like humblest and to learn just like we have to learn and to make like become who he is like he condescended to do that for us and so through that grace and because of his love for us like we that's why we can do it why we can become like him I don't know it's just like a really big message of hope for me and I think Paul speaks like so powerfully and is like very eloquent um and I just, I just love that. I feel like sometimes, like, this is how I'm feeling right now, learning all about this. The little things just don't matter in life. When you think of the grand scheme of just, like, why we're here, what we're doing, it's all about love, giving, you know, becoming more like Christ. But for some reason, we make it so much more complicated yeah. mm-hmm. than it needs to be. The gospel of Jesus Christ is very simple. And primary perfect. children understand it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They understand cool. like all it the It is things. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's humbling to be able to say like, none of this matters. Like, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Because it's, it's, it's hard because you want to hold on to those complexities because it's your norm or like. Yeah. It's all you know. It's all you know. And, and the veil, you know, really hides the perspective. Exactly. But then you get those moments where it's really thin and yeah, you're yeah. like. Like, oh, oh wait, I get shoot. it. <laughs> I need the hiding place. It doesn't. I'm serious. You guys have no I need to read it. I feel like I need a refresher every week on the plan of salvation. Like, Seriously. it's just like, such a small core thing that, you know, you map it out when you're in primary, draw it on the board, yeah. whatever, put the pieces, puzzle pieces together. And then it's like gets lost yeah. sometimes. And you just forget this huge piece of knowledge you know that, like, we know why we're here, we yeah. know how to get back. And yeah. what we're doing and who we are. We have all the big questions answered. Right. Like, we don't like need to be do we so hard. do we remind ourselves that we're eternal beings here on a mortal land? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we realize that sometimes that like we are this these like infamous, like eternal beings. So much potential. Yeah. With so much potential yeah. that why do we yeah, limit ourselves or like 
put ourselves in a box or like don't reach that potential of the gospel because we think oh, I'm not good enough or whatever it is. It's like, ugh, get out of your head. You yeah. Know? You know, like in primary when they take a string and like put it all the yes. way across the room and then they're like, this a little spot is yeah. this life. But really, like, like, well, the, but really yeah. this extends on forever. And then, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's wild that that one dot will determine the rest the of that rest other of line mm-hmm. of that string. And um, sometimes with some of my friends, I want to like shake them to be like, do you realize what you're doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't change the course of that string. Yeah. But let me tell you how amazing you are yeah, and the potential and the you potential. have. Yeah, it's well, hard. The good thing is that we get chances even after, after this class. Yeah, figure it out. The gospel of Jesus Christ is very awesome. It has yes. infinite structure. Yep. Yeah, there's, we will have a choice every step of the way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Another cool thing is this last section. What did Paul mean when he spoke of two or three witnesses? This again, there was no questions. It was just like, cool insight. In the Old Testament times, two or three witnesses were required to bring an accusation against someone. Paul cited that this practice when he referred to the third visit to Corinth. Modern examples of this principle of multiple witnesses include the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon, the testimonies of Jesus Christ provided by the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and the practice of missionaries testifying and companionships. Again, it's kind of like that three is a special number mm-hmm. mentality. Um why do you think that we need other people? Why do you think there's like groups, these three? I guess you can't do it alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just restarted the Book of Mormon like two days ago, yeah. actually. I'm trying to read it before the year ends. And so I just read the um, testimony of the three witnesses and then the eight yeah. witnesses. Um, and it's cool because... Especially the testimony of three witnesses, just because it has more content, I think, in it. Um, But thinking about how, like, all three of those witnesses... Didn't they leave the gospel? They all left the church, but till the day they died, they did not deny. The Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. I always think about that because, to me, it's it's a bummer that they left, and it's really sad, and, like, that sucks. But the fact is that the Book of Mormon is real, and, like, they saw that plates and oh, yeah. they still believed in it even after all of the mess of yeah. the early restoration was happening which and that so one woman yeah. saw the plates True. what was her name we can't remember i don't know about but that she was yeah i was reading saints she was a housekeeper she was helping with the house saints is amazing saints is amazing read it's the book by my bed and i have you gotta read it, it. <laughs> she was like um helping out the house she was complaining because she's like ah like nobody's helping me because they were translating the book of mormon mm-hmm. And then an angel appeared and showed her the plates and like went through and like actually like turned the plates Mm -hmm. so she could see it. So she, I guess she was also a witness of it, but it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, it's cool that um, I've just also been thinking about this a lot lately that we can rely on other people's witnesses and testimonies so much. And that's the point yeah. of church um, is to come and hear from other people. And like when our own testimony is struggling, we can lean on someone else's. Um, and I mean, harking back to the Bible dictionary and under faith, it talks about how like you can't have a testimony through someone else, but you can use it to strengthen your own. And like, it has to be, it has to come from yourself, but it's okay to like draw on other people and, you should draw on other people. That's a good thing. Um, and it just makes me think about like the divine organization of our church and how testimony meetings are so frequent and how yeah. talks are given by members and not just the bishop. And like we get to hear from so many different witnesses every single week. Yeah. Members teach in Sunday school. Members teach in Young Women's Relief Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it from multiple different people like that is one of the biggest strengths of the church i think um that it's not just coming from one sole leader even though that's really cool um and we do have a profit for that purpose right but like we hear from so many different people for an equal amount of time in general conference yeah because it's so much more powerful in groups it's like that pencils 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One pencil, I can break on my knee. And yeah, twelve, like it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. We're stronger. We're stronger yeah. together. Um, yeah, heaven wouldn't be heaven if you were there alone. But like, you have you can't get there alone. You right. have to let people help you, and you have to help others along the way. Um, I also thought of that scripture where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be. And I felt that so many times. I mean, like here or like when you're in any situation where you start talking about like gospel truths or principles and the spirit just like grows, you know, inside of you and is there with you. I love that. It's such a blessing that Heavenly Father gives us that ability. Totally. Last quote that I liked. Improve personal study. Elder Richard G. Scott said, knowledge carefully recorded is, is knowledge available in time of need. Thank you, Richard G. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked that. Um, and then the picture is like of people, looks like giving or uh, picking up trash. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing some kind of service project. And they're together. And they're together they're doing it. trash. Well, guys, the final thoughts. Just feeling good about these chapters and feeling good about the insights Mm -hmm. good i did have one more thought that i forgot to mention back in a different section so what was editing magic editing magic (laughs) what what, what um but just the thorn in the flesh um part of his lesson when he talked about his thorn in the flesh and we never know what it is yeah um i just thought it was cool how someone like paul who is like this ultimate example of faith and miracles and missionary work and like it does not get better than paul yeah it doesn't um besides Saul, Jesus Christ. Mm, paul Saul. <laughs> yeah um but like he did god did not remove his thorn yeah you know like even he still had weaknesses faith yeah like, yeah and i was listening to um answers to prayer by um brock or brooke Brooke P. Hales um, from last general conference, okay, which was like one of those aha moment talks for yeah. me. Um, it's the talk where he goes through the different ways in which God answers our prayers. Whether yeah. it's like He gives it to you immediately, He gives it to you in a way you didn't think that was yeah. actually better than what you thought, or you just don't get it at all. And I was like, it's just cool that we get to learn through the scriptures that someone like Paul, who is awesome and super cool in all these different ways also has to learn those lessons and he's still human. Oh yeah. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. He is going to always, yeah, have those weaknesses and yeah, it just is our mortal journey. But yeah. guys, thank you so much. This has Thanks, been so great. Girl. This is so fun. Yeah.